and welcome to Tabletop Game Talk, On Topic, a show where we talk about tabletop gaming topics of all kinds. I'm one of your hosts, Fletcher. I'm Kitty. And I'm Chris. This week, we are talking about tracking our plays and our gaming collections. You know, gamifying our board games. Does tracking our... Does tracking our plays, who we played with, where we played, who won, and how long it took really add something to our hobby? What about an accountant-level accurate inventory log of games that enter and leave our collection? Many people track their plays and their collections to this level. Many more don't. Why? But first, as always, a thank you to our Patreon friends of the show, Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, and Sahara Wentworth, and the Gift of Games, and the Gift of Games is in Gray's Lake, and a huge thank you to all of our other patrons, and I told you to pre-read that because there was a lot of words. Um, I No, I'm having like headphone difficulties and I was making sure it wasn't mic difficulties <laughs> and I was just trying to do too many things at once. Um, we've already had mic difficulties <laughs> earlier, so I, I was concerned, but we're good. Welcome um, to yeah. the professional Sorry podcast we like to call Tabletop Game Talk. Uh, we are anything but professional, so... Yeah, if you want to know are. how, yeah, if you really want to know how unprofessional we are, you can join us on Zoom Monday nights, 8.30 <laughs> Central Time at tabletopgapetalk.com slash live. Yeah. Um, yeah, I should really have a virtual background up right now. It's really, it's bad in here. <laughs> I, I, showered, I, I showered before we recorded, so I think that, that professional standard right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, well, I haven't showered all week, so I guess Monday nights is as good as any. <laughs> Still working remote. Totally fine. Uh, um, let's see. I have a few announcements. First announcement is I'm a little behind on email. So I know a couple of people have emailed about uh, winning the winning games last week. I have not ignored you. I have simply just not acknowledged your email. I've, just, I've only read the subject. It's really know, different. Yeah, I know you're there. <laughs> you are haunting me in the back of my back. So... Yeah, you're a weight on my shoulders. Not really. We love you. Um, but <laughs> this week, I will get to all of that, I promise. Also, Keyforge Live, this is the convention that Sydney is running in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. You should go and hang out and have fun and buy some tickets and join some events. And if you ever want to play Keyforge or have ever wanted to play Keyforge, the Saturday event, the sealed event, which means you don't have to own anything. You just kind of sign up, you show up, and they give you three decks. You pick one and you get to play for, I think it's six rounds before they do a top cut. Um, that's a great way to learn. So if you're in Milwaukee and you want to hang out with at least me and Sydney and maybe Fletcher and probably not Kitty because Kitty doesn't like Milwaukee. Um, <laughs> no, she told me that. She's like, I hate Milwaukee. I hate everyone from Wisconsin. And I'm like, aren't you moving Kitty? to Wisconsin, Kitty? <laughs> <laughs> Not that side of Wisconsin. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> we'll see. Uh, we'll see if we can. I don't know. Maybe Kitty will come up on Saturday. I'll, I'll pay for the babysitter. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's Saturday. No, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, July 23rd through the 25th. It's just around the corner. It's like literally a, I'm using the oh, word actually, literally Oh, actually, definitely not because I'm going to be in Minnesota on the well, other side of Wisconsin. On- so stop by on the way to and from. No, I'm go. way further from Milwaukee <laughs> in Minnesota. <laughs> Done. Um, no, Lightning Steve, we don't actually hate you. Just Kitty. It's not It's not all of us. I don't so, hate Wisconsin, just Milwaukee. <laughs> just Milwaukee. Just kidding. I actually have no feelings about Wisconsin firmly one way or the other. I started... <laughs> I started kindergarten and first grade in Green Bay, Wisconsin. So I have no idea where that is right now or if it even exists still because that was, I don't know, a long time ago. But I was a Wisconsin. Yeah, like for there's a while. nothing notable or interesting about Green Bay, Wisconsin in particular. No, not Green Bay. Sorry. Green Bay is the one place that we went to that was actually a named city. I'm, I mean, Underhill, Wisconsin. Underhill, Wisconsin is the city. Wow. Wisconsin. <laughs> Wisconsin, the state, the state that people don't even know that they're <laughs> they went to. Wisconsin, eh? Um, Czechoslovakia. Up- it's like going to Wisconsin. <laughs> I I practically live in Wisconsin, which is why I get to make fun. Oh, what else is going on? Um, YouTube videos. I put up a couple videos on Ashes: Rise of the Phoenix Born or Ashes Reborn, depending. Um, if you're interested in dueling card games, I really like this one. So there's a couple of videos up for that. I also finally posted a Homeworlds video. So 
We've been talking about Homeworlds on this podcast, and by we, I mean I, have been talking about Homeworlds on this podcast since the podcast started. And now there's an actual video where I talk about it and show you how to play. And Kitty, you should watch this. And maybe you'll play a game with me at some point. Absolutely not. Fair enough. Um, and this... And this week, I'm going to post my first top 10, uh, top 10 best games I'll never play again. And I'm going to do a review of the Seven Wonders app 2.0 and probably Seven Wonders Duel. I'll probably combine those into the same video. And then I might do um, something else. I think I'm going to do an app review, like a board game app review once a week because I think those are kind of cool. And so I want to give them a shot. Um, well, was your guys' weekend? Very busy. You go first. <laughs> <laughs> um, my daughter turned one this weekend. We had a party, and that was crazy um, because my house was like, I don't know, there was probably like two feet of standing water in my backyard <laughs> at some points. It was very, very wet. Um, and then the next day, I shoveled like uh, a 10 foot by 10 foot, four inch deep pit of rocks from one location to another and then back again um so i'm tired and i'm sore (laughs) it's a fire pit and the rocks were um growing weeds so we were thinking that the problem was the landscape cloth underneath the rocks but it was actually because there had been so much runoff that the rocks themselves had accumulated enough dirt that they were growing (laughs) the weeds they could grow so we had to washed the rocks and then put them back and then put in some new rocks but it seemed really wasteful to just like throw away tons and tons of rocks because they were dirty but Why don't yeah you just buy, like one of those hundred dollar above ground fire pits um this was built in to like our so this is part of our church so this was like my job that oh. i was doing um but it was built in it was somebody's eagle scout project when i was in high school so it's like you know a really nice thing, but it needed some maintenance because that was a while ago. Yes. There's their service, their <laughs> yeah, service project. What I know yeah. about Eagle Scouts is once they get their badge, they no longer care. Um, I don't know. I actually talked to the guy. Like, this is somebody I knew in high school. So, like, I emailed him, like, hey, uh, what do I need to do to fix this up? And he, like, got back to me. He still has, like, receipts and, like, a whole book of everything that he did on this project. Um, So, I don't know if this is all Eagle Scouts or just this guy I know, but, like... It was intense. <laughs> I'm I'm a little concerned about that personally. Um, <laughs> so speaking of first birthday parties, um, Fletcher was supposed to show up at this party, and Sydney and my family, you know, dodged tornadoes on the highway to get to it. <laughs> and Fletcher, what did you do? Um, I stayed at home. <laughs> I really right. wanted to go, but. Uh, Carmen was tired. She had worked all night. Carmen was very tired from working all night. And I would have to either drive there and abandon Carmen at home or take the train, which would have taken about two hours. So I was kind of stuck. Yeah, next time you have this conundrum, you should let me know and you'll take the train to Brookfield and my sister will take you. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, but by the time when I thought about it, I was like, okay, well, I could take the train. It was like nine fifteen in the morning because I was thinking ahead. Like, when mm-hmm. would I have to leave? Like, oh, I'd have to leave by like ten o'clock. I'd have to leave in forty five minutes. Yeah, to get there at you know the time it started. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't look at the train schedule or anything, and I was like, yeah, I don't know if that's gonna happen right now. <laughs> Is that right? I well, overate because all I ate at your place was chips, cookies, and cake. There were and a I've lot been of paying cookies. For it ever since, it's yeah, the, the three food groups. We still <laughs> yeah. have a lot of cake. Um, <laughs> we, I, I shouldn't really throw a Spencer under this bus. I wanted both chocolate and vanilla cake, so I got two Costco sheet cakes. And uh, surprise, that was too much cake. <laughs> so we it have like very good, an though. entire leftover cake. Costco cake is the if you have to do store bought cake and you're not going to like a local like nice bakery, Costco is the best you can get. Yeah, oh, that cake's so good. Um, yeah, so I I did that. I went to oh actually I, I went to uh, your daughter's birthday party, which was fun. Mm-hmm. More people in a small space than I've seen in quite a long time. It's really the sign of don't throw are me under that bus. 
<laughs> no, I'm, I, yeah. things are getting back to normal. And then on Thursday, I actually went down and met up with some work friends. And we had a board game night in the city. And that was a lot of fun. So, yeah. I think, was that the reason? <sighs> I don't remember what, what something spawned this topic. And I immediately texted you guys and said, hey, we're going to talk about logging board games. And then I sent you both money and said, download this app. <laughs> Finally, because, the podcast pays out. <laughs> yeah. Because even though you, well, Kitty, you don't, even though you both can afford a $3 app, I'm like, you're going to balk at this if I say go buy this app. So I'm just going to send you money ahead of time with a little bonus. I would have and, done it. <laughs> and be like, all right, download this and log your collection. So the app we're talking about is BG Stats. And it is, I think it's a $3 app, right? $2.99? It's three bucks, yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought it was $3.99, but. It might be three ninety. Whatever it is. Oh. I actually. It's was, less like, than $5 for sure. <laughs> yeah. Three or $4. Yeah. And so typically uh, when I look at apps of things, I will like for something like this, I'm like, huh, that's kind of a lot for an app. Even though I write apps and I don't think, I think the value of apps is grossly grossly underpriced and if you're someone out there who refuses to pay for apps i'm just going to say this and i know i'm going to offend 95 percent of my listeners but shame on you like literally shame on you spending a dollar for someone that spent someone spent literally months working on it's not a big deal spend the dollar but that aside i still kind of said wow four dollars that seems like a lot for this um so hey i'm still in the same boat (laughs) uh but I, i i spent it and I said, okay, cool. Um, if I had to use nothing but this app to track my plays and at log my collection, this would be a tremendous pain in the butt. Um, but it links up with BoardGameGeek. And I already had a lot of my collection on BoardGameGeek, so it just pulled it all in. I'm like, oh, great, head start. And I've been working on adding a bunch of other stuff since. Um, we're not... We're not specifically talking about the app, but I think this is a really common one that people use, so we'll mention it fairly you know, as kind of a reference thing. But there are some other ways of tracking too. So I'm wondering, um, games, did you guys track, log your games into the app? I did. I don't have very many. How <laughs> many games do you have? There. 17. See, that was pretty easy to enter, right? Yeah. Actually, like, we talked about this uh, earlier and not on the show. But I was like, oh, if I could have, if I could add one feature to this app, it would be a barcode scanner. Mm-hmm. Yes. So because having to type in the name of the game, when there's like a million different, you know, iterations of it and lots of games with very similar names is just the most tedious aspect of it. If I could just scan the barcode, that'd be perfect. I would spend it. They could make that an in-app purchase of $10 and I would I would buy it like without hesitation. The, the UPC you have, database isn't free. App developers, so. you have one customer for $10. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I would pay a dollar more for that feature. Yeah. Well, there's other things in here, too. So they have, like, um, if you don't sync up with BoardGameGeek, you can sync up with um, with like just cloud syncing in general. And they charge you a dollar a year to do that. But, again, that's more or less just to pay for their storage costs. Yeah. So that's, just, that's probably what it costs them to have, like, their AWS service just, you know, churn. Yeah. So 17 games for Fletcher. Kitty, did you enter your games? I began entering my games. I stopped around 15, but just because, like, that was when I ran out of time. But, like, you know, I've been slowly adding more. So, like, I added the games I had from memory, and then I sat down on my shelf and started adding games another time. And then my child said, no, Mom, you are not doing that right now. You're paying attention (laughs) to me. (laughs) So that's as far as I got. But I will add the rest of my collection in there at some point. Like, I'm enjoying doing it. My only complaint is that it is tedious to have to, like, type and search and add. And then I kept forgetting, like, once you stop adding them, like, when the initial setup, prompts you to add them you have to make sure you're like clicking the owned thing so i added a lot of games and then i had to go back and um edit a bunch of them so that i owned them and not just had them in my app i don't know so yeah wait there's i didn't some, even notice that there's some <laughs> shortcuts to it so if you were to click on a game um there's right underneath the picture of the game you can tap on it and you can add all of the different owned, previous owned, want to play, blah, blah, blah stuff there. Um, also, so my number 
so far of games that I've entered is 691. Oh my god. But I'm not done. Um, this is How? most of the games. Um, we'll, we'll get there. This is most of the games, but it's not all of the games in the back storage area. And so I have to go through that. And then the back storage area, the shelves are too deep. So, well, two game boxes deep. So once I get the front facing ones, I have to like now look behind all of them to get the back facing ones. Um, so 691 total. But if I hide expansions, there's 264 expansions in there. So it's 427 base games that I have, plus probably another 50 to 50 more base games and probably another, you know, 50 more expansions, just the way that Kickstarters come with one base game and like 10 expansions. So those add up really quick. Um, I will say one thing. I have a lot of games. <laughs> yes, you do. Kitty, you just told me that with these own, with this owned tag or whatever that you say you own this game. I didn't even realize that. So none of my games that I put in, I actually own. I just put them I, in. Yeah. Sorry. Now you're going to have to it, go fix it. it like, cause once you do it with 17. one, I know yeah. it's going to take you at least eight minutes. I don't even so, know how to fix it. All right. I'll look at this later. So I'll say Steve has probably, Steve from our live audience has the, uh, as of, I know is the most meticulous person for logging. Although I know a couple other people too that are doing this. Uh, Steve says he has logged 2,228 games. Is that 2,228 different games or 202 games played? Played games. Okay. So multiple games have been played multiple times. Um, yeah, my plays are not as much. I have, um, I don't know. But but when did you 20. start logging? Uh, Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know... It's it's one of those things. It's actually one of the reasons why I put off doing this for so long is because like once I start doing this, I'm gonna have I have 427 games, base games that have no plays on them, which isn't true. I've actually played these games, but I didn't track them at that time. So now my OCD kicks in a little bit, and that kind of I have to play this game to track it. I know. Well, no, that's exactly wait, it's wait like... what's the goal? <laughs> Am I playing a game to just track it? I don't understand. I don't know. I feel like if I start tracking now, it's like, why even bother? Because this is inaccurate. This doesn't include all of the games I've ever played. Like, I can't no, but make it good. <laughs> you, you can, you know, it's as of when you started logging, obviously. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think I still think, and I agree with you, and that's where I'm like saying, okay, look, this started on Thursday, and we're going forward, <laughs> but I still might go through. So one of the cool things I found, so there's a number of ways that I play games, sometimes in person, sometimes, um, like my Ashes game, I play, that's over, a, it's a webcam game, it's a league that we play over webcam. So I count that, and for location, I put webcam. I also play games, uh, you could play it on TTS or, you know, Tabletop Simulator or Board Game Arena or something. You're not playing the physical game, but it still counts. So the location would be the websites. And mm -hmm. I have a ton of app versions of games. And I'm like, does that count? And I'm like, yeah, it absolutely counts. I just put the location app. So what I might end up doing is uh, starting with, well, I'm just going to go down the list and make it a location that says previously played. Like, you know, where played the past. And I'm just going to put a play <laughs> in for everything I've played. I'm like, I know I've played this. I don't where know. Where have I played this before? The past. In the past. But I want to make Sorry. sure. Going back to the future. Yeah, I, I want to be able to track when or what games I haven't played, right? That shelf of shame. And right now I have like 415 games on the shelf of shame because I haven't played them according to the app. So if I go through here and I mark off, yes, I've played this, I've played this, I've played this, then I can be able to sort by games that I haven't played, and that becomes more valuable to me, mm -hmm. and it sort of fixes my OCD of I didn't track everything in the past. So I'm going to do that, and then I'm probably going to start I get rating that. everything. I'm sorry that my dog is... Um there's just so much going on today. <laughs> My neighbors are doing construction on their house and they're like throwing stuff in their dumpster and Spencer isn't home. So the dog wants to be in here with me and it's just, it's loud. I'm sorry. Just wait for a baby to start crying because that's the kind of night I'm having. But apologies for the barking dog. <laughs> 
It's all good. Um, Steve is invalidating everything I just said. He says that he doesn't track app plays because it's not the same. Well, Steve, too bad. I'm going to log them because if I didn't, <laughs> I would never get to play any games. And I still think if I spend... Steve's a pure yeah, 40, cardboard or nothing. <laughs> well, 45 minutes nice playing that, Root, it counts. I think it's nice that you can log them as though, like, this was played on the app, this was played on the simulator, this was played in person. And so you can sort by basically any of these kinds of categories. I, I don't know. I As a data nerd... I'm like, I want to have all the information, which is part of why I'm like, I can't start tracking things because like, I, I can't not do it intensely. <laughs> like, does that make sense? It, it, no, it does. Cause I'm in the same boat. Like I say, just, <laughs> just mark a in the past and add that in there. And then you can start tracking going forward. Cause after a year or two, it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> I mean, really also. I have too many games. You do. Yes, you do. I also have a lot of board game apps. And I do count the board game apps. So one of the things that... Like, I played Seven Wonders eight times today. Now, in a physical version, playing Seven Wonders eight times is a little bit trickier to do. In the app version, it's not that hard. Seven Wonders takes five minutes to play. Literally five minutes. I played it online with other people, and it took us five minutes to play a full game of Seven Wonders. Um... I still count it. I still played Seven Wonders. I still scored. I still lost miserably. Therefore, it was a valid game. But because you lost, <laughs> mostly because I lost. <laughs> but uh, there's a game, Aeon's End. I own Aeon's End Legacy. I don't own Aeon's End, but I own Aeon's End the app, which, by the way, is a trash app. But I'll review that at some point <laughs> in the YouTube video. Um, so what I did is when I added Aeon's End, I actually added it and just modified the title saying "app only." So now I know I only own this app, not the game itself. Most board game apps I own, though, I own the the app and the board game both. Um, but I, I do find it a little bit compelling. And I do find it like every time I play a game, I'm pulling out this stupid app and being like, logged, logged, logged. <laughs> yeah, I, so, I think part of this, you know, like I've just been really busy. So I haven't actually played a game since I got this app because um, that's how my life goes. So we'll see, you know, give it a couple weeks. We'll see how I feel differently if I actually, you know, get to play a board game at some point. <laughs> well, I thought I didn't play many games because... But then I you just, started tracking? I, but then I started tracking. So, and actually I started tracking on Wednesday because I, I played Ashes on Wednesday. Thursday I played Railroad Inc., Codenames, Harry Potter... Um, which is a team co-op game. I thought it was just another pictures one. I did not care for it at all. Um, two <laughs> games of Fantasy Realms. Friday, I, I'm putting Dungeons & Dragons in as a game I can track, even though by default, that's not available in the app. So, but I added it in there anyway, because we played on Friday. I played six games of Magic the Gathering on Saturday. I played two games of Seven Wonders, a game of Seven Wonders Duel, and a game of Dungeon Academy on Sunday. Dungeon Academy was in person. The other two were on the app. And then today, I played four games of Seven Wonders. And I think that'll be it for today but I'll probably end up playing something. So I, I usually play a couple of games a day, whether it be in app or solo or, you know, sometimes Sydney and I have Tuesday nights where our, is our board gaming night where we sit down and play something and we're playing through destinies right now. So I guess Does I, this app use BGG as the backend for the, it's a game database. You can set it. Yes. And you can set it up to do also your tracking database. So you don't have to use the app to track anything. You can put that all in board game geek which has a slightly nicer interface. At least you get a keyboard. Um, and it'll automatically sync up with BoardGameGeek if you just put in your... Uh, you got to put in your username, but otherwise it'll just sync it all I up. was just wondering, because I was searching through there, I was like, well, what if I play like a game of cribbage or something? Is that on there? It's in there. And like, oh, enough, it's in there. It's there. And shows, so is poker and you know, just like card games. Yep. I don't know if I'm going to say, like, I own this game. I own poker. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it's one of those things, like, once you put a play in, you might as well, right? It's just showing, yeah. like, do you have a deck of cards? I don't have it in here because uh, I don't have anything that's a deck of cards, but. <laughs> I used to own you this game. You do have a deck of cards. You have the, um, what is it? Oh, I have so many decks of cards. <laughs> <sighs> I know, but you have, like, the fancy one Enigma? from that Kickstarter. Was it Enigma? I think so. Enigmas? <laughs> Enigmas. Something like that. Yeah. Um, so 
Let's see. Michael asks, do you record who played the game with you and do you record what each person's score was? So the app allows you to do this. And so does, so everything we're talking about with this app, BG Stats is really a nice mobile interface to everything you can do on Board Game Geek. It also does a few other extra things on top of that, but ultimately like graphing and you know, allows you to analyze those stats a bit. But um, ultimately, you can do all of this on BoardGameGeek, and BoardGameGeek is for free, so you don't have to spend the $3.99 on an app if you don't want to spend that. Also, shame on you. But um, <laughs> that said, <laughs> you can enter... So judgy. <laughs> I am, I am. I know. It's three bucks. What it's three bucks. What can you buy for like $3 <laughs> nowadays? When I graduated... So bef- when I was in college, for I used to pirate a, a lot of video games. coffee a day. When I graduated college and I went into, you know, being a video game developer, at that point, I have I have since ne- then never pirated a video game. And so like I'm I'm writing these things, why would I like steal from my colleagues, right? But in any case, um the point I was trying to get at is you can log who played and the scores and stuff, and I'm not to that level yet. I I usually put my name in there so I know if just so I have a player that played. So I put me in there. And then I have Anonymous as different players on there. So I can add other people just willy-nilly. Now, my, like I have Fletcher, you're already in there. Kitty's in there. Spencer's in there. Sydney's in there. Like The, the people I would play with frequently, mm-hmm. I put in there. But for everyone else, it's just Anonymous. And I do that because if I just log me, you can actually map in the app how many solo plays you had. And I can just say, okay, show me all the games that are just me in it. And then that shows me the solo. Mm. And that way it doesn't have to, um, I don't have to like do some kind of You're other shenanigans. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I don't need to track for, if I just log playing with one person once or something, I'm not going to log them as an actual user. I'll just put them in as anonymous and know that I played with somebody. And as far as the score is concerned, no, I don't care. Um, there's a note. It doesn't. No, no, I don't. Because for me, playing games, I don't actually care if I win or lose at all. So Is it's it one of those. The game? It, it's, well, it's in my having fun playing the game. If I'm not having fun playing the game, it really doesn't matter if I win or lose. Like, so for it's just. It's yeah, not is there a fun or not checkbox? Is that something we need to add? <laughs> there's a rating. All right. So you I can guess rate you it could, if, as long as that's what your rating is based on. It's, it's yeah. how I feel you like it use just it. Be like thumbs up or thumbs down. Like, did I have fun? Like, yes or no? Yeah. Well, there's a number of optional fields. So when you log it, there's a bunch of things that you can add in as optional fields. You can take notes on things and you know public comments and private comments and all of that that can show up too. Um, but I'm kind of having fun with it. Like, it's the the app takes some getting used to. But for the most part, once you figure out, you know, I can log a game in like three or four taps now, tap, 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 and you're good. Uh, and I sort of like seeing, well, I'm looking at 427 games and 264 expansions. Like, that's a lot of stuff. I need to get rid of some of that. It is a lot of stuff. So I wish, uh, maybe I can ask Steve since he's been answering in the chat, because um, I don't think either of you have logged enough or played enough. If you are playing a base game with an expansion, would you log it under the expansion or would you log it under the base game? Because some of them you can like have like base game plus expansion, but some of them like I had to add my expansions so, like Wingspan. There's like different expansions. So I had to like put in the European birds, but if I playing the European birds, I'm also playing wingspan. So like, do I log it one place? Do I log it both? I don't know. I think in that case, I would probably, which is tricky because then you have games that have multiple expansions. Because I was Uh going to say that I would log it under the expansion with the base game being assumed. But if you have all the expansions in there. What if I'm playing with two expansions in there? Yeah. Right. I think what I'm probably going to end up do is... Steve says, I add the newest expansion in and just pick one in that case. So I think what I'll probably do is just log the base game and maybe I'll just log. No, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how much I care because I I could log the base game and then I could log the expansions as a separate log, but that's going to show multiple games being. See, this is the problem with stats. 
I know. Like, Matthew says they don't audit logs. How much work it's do you not, want to do? It's yeah. not if BGG audits logs. It's how I feel about myself. I have to, I have to live with this. <laughs> do you not understand our I OCD problem? I can't problems? start an imperfect system. I need to have answers. <laughs> I don't need sleep. I need answers. <laughs> oh, I'm already that tired. <laughs> <sighs> so, all right. So that is board game stats and board game geek. Um, both of those things. I will say that board game stats, the app, does make it a lot easier for me to log. I was tracking my collection on Board Game Geek, but I updated it like every other year, so it wasn't very accurate. Now, when I get a new Kickstarter in, I immediately pull out the app and add it, which is just easier. It's easier to pull out the app and and add it in. Also, and I haven't gone through and done it all yet, but I've gone through a decent portion of the Kickstarters I've recently backed and put them in the app as pre-ordered. So now I can look at all the pre-order stuff and see what Kickstarters are on the way. So that's kind of cool as well. Um, so app and board game geek aside, there are people who do box top score logging. How do you guys feel about that? Like, is that something that you've ever done? What does that mean? It means every time you play a game, you open, you take the top of the box and you write down who played or you, the date, who played, and who won. And then it's all written in the top of the box. So if you open it up, you can say, "Oh yeah, oh. we've been playing this game for years now." I immediately thought of box tops for education, you know, like, <laughs> like box tops for logging. Hmm. Uh, I've not heard of this and I have not done this. I have heard of it. I still don't do it. Um, I have a few games that I have logged plays because they have spaces for it in the rule book. And that yes. I think is fun. I like especially um, Calico did this really well, I think, except maybe excessively but I love it because this is the kind of like nerdiness that goes straight to my heart. They have like different goals you can achieve. Did you get this kind of score? Like, you know, there's like, oh, whoever got the highest score gets to put like fill in their circle and there's like dots to fill in. And we actually, every time we play, it's always me, my mom and my brother. And we always fill in the chart at the back and see who played. If we get, there's like achievements to get and all kinds of little fun stuff in that score or in the rule book that I totally track. Um, but I don't for like literally any other game that I own because there's not a place for it ready there in the box. And I am not, I don't know, motivated enough to start box top tracking myself. You know, some you bring up a good point. Because so like in Roll and Writes or anything, any point salad game that has score sheets, I actively keep the score sheets in the box. Oh, yeah. Like I will never throw <laughs> any true. of those out. Right. And I love that. I love opening it up and kind of going through the sheets and saying, OK, so our highest score so far was 276. And, you know, the average score looks to be about 160. Um, this is real numbers for uh, Fantasy Realms. And actually, this past week. Uh, one of the guys I was playing with <laughs> blew away our highest score. He just got like such a combination where I'm like, okay, I think this is the highest score I've ever seen. And I looked through all the sheets and it was the highest score I ever saw. <laughs> and pretty much anything that gives me a sheet to track, I do write that all down. I am now going to go on a crusade to say, hey, board game developers, put a blank piece of paper in there that is simply just a log. Like that's it. One piece of paper. Add it to the box so that people can log it and put it in there. Because the box topper or the box top, the box top logging, I don't know how you say it, is great. (laughs) But you have to actively do it. And it feels like you're, it feels like you're defiling the box in some way. Right? (laughs) Well, also, I feel like some boxes are unfriendly too. They've got like stuff printed there or like, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but. No, no. If you have a glossy inside, you can't write on it. (laughs) <laughs> I, so i don't know i think i really do think calico did it really well i'm trying to think of what the name of that company is um but uh i if i could confidently walk across my house without my airpods disconnecting i would totally just go grab it and show you guys but um trust me it's great um and i would love it if more companies did it i want little achievements i want a place in the box in the book 
or I can do that, especially in games that do have a score pad. I've got a pen out anyway. I'm marking stuff up already. Give me a place where it's meant for me to write and color it in, and that it's fun. Um, flat out games, AEG, um, Lucky Duck. Actually, apparently Calico is published by a whole lot of games and a lot of different, or a whole lot of publishers <laughs> in a lot of different places. But yes, Calico. I just, I like that idea of logging it in the box. I don't know. I probably at one point will start regretting not having the scores and stuff in my logs, in my plays. So maybe, maybe all my in-person stuff, I will log a little bit more detail. But for like online and webcam and that kind of stuff, I might not log it as frequently. Uh, You're starting to convince me, but I don't know. But I do want... I want logging sheets in all of my games now. Maybe that's what I'll do is I'll just create a publishing company that does nothing except sell pieces of paper with game logs for all the different board games that exist. That would make a fortune, right? All right. Hold on. Let me go to Etsy (laughs) right now and see how many I can buy and print. (laughs) This feels like something that already exists on Etsy. If it doesn't, it will by the end of this episode. (laughs) Right? Um, Yeah. So moving on while well, we're we're tracking this um, from box top tracking to just collection tracking in general. When you have a small collection, this is not hard. You open up the. Someone asked me the other day, um, like, "Oh, you're into board games. Do you have an entire closet dedicated to them?" And I laughed. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have an entire no, house. <laughs> I, have a, I have an entire house dedicated to them. We have the game room on the main floor, and basically the entire basement is dedicated to gaming. But for those people who can have only an entire closet tracking their board games, I wonder how many people, like, does it make sense to, like, write down what you own and when you got it? And if you want to, buy, sell, trade it. Like, and Fletcher, no. I'm curious your aspect on this because you have 17 games. Like, is this something that you care to track ever? Um, I might track it just because I'm more curious than anything else and see how I like it. Uh, to me, in the beginning, this was kind of like tedious to set it up. I actually I haven't played, I haven't logged any plays yet. Um, but I'm I'm more curious than anything else. I don't know if I'm going to stick with it for, for a long time. But you know, I I do wear a fitness tracker every day, and I like looking at those statistics. Um, so it's along those same lines. But in terms of I don't know, finding out when I bought a particular board game, I I probably wouldn't care. I'd be more interested in number of plays and the amount of times that I won versus lost and who I played with. It's kind of like a very specific journaling tool. <laughs> yeah. Kitty, what about you? And I know you're you're searching Etsy at the moment, but your collection has actually grown and shrunk over time as you get stuff in from Kickstarter and then hand me boxes of games you don't want anymore. <laughs> Is that something that you would want to start tracking just just for curiosity's sake? Like, does that like now that you have an app, could you see yourself saying, "Okay, I got these Kickstarters in, and I got rid of these games, and I want to keep my gaming collection down to not more than fifty games or whatever." Um, so I do have a spreadsheet for all my Kickstarters of games that I backed if they've shipped completed. And if I still own them, I already have that tracked. Um, mostly because every once in a while, I look at it and make sure that I don't need to go like search out like, did I not give them my address? Or am I supposed to pay shipping on this or something? Um, Just because I feel like a lot of games now you have to do a little bit more maintenance than just like, oh, I backed it. And now it shows up there. There's like a there's usually surveys or something to fill out. Um, And I also like to know what I like if it was worth backing stuff sometimes, you know, like, I did you actually play it? Did I play it? it is, you know, it kind of keeps me honest on like, you know, I've kind of backed like, you know, a lot of games this year so far. Did I enjoy them? Is this, you know, like, do I need to be a little bit more critical of what I'm putting my money into kind of stuff? Um, So I already track quite a bit of my purchasing because a lot of my purchasing is through Kickstarter. So it's not really that much harder for me than to go and add the few games I pick up at conventions or game stores. Um, So I I track my collection pretty well already. I just don't track plays. So do you think that you will 
maybe convert over to like just tracking all things in one place. If it works well. makes sense? Yeah, it would be great for me if I could just have everything work in one spot. Um, I'm not sure about this app being that place. I don't know about that. I might, um, I don't know, make my own spreadsheet. Maybe I'll make my own Etsy printable because I'm not really seeing anything that I like here. And, you know, it doesn't really cost me anything to make a fancy looking sheet that I can go (laughs) pop up on Etsy. Maybe somebody will pay me, you know, a dollar a sheet, whatever. Uh, to print out their own as many as they want. Um, but uh, I don't know. I like being able to really customize what it is that I'm interested in tracking. So like for me, like a lot of the Kickstarter stuff I like to track is like, when did I back this? And when is it supposed to ship? And when did I actually get it? Like those dates are interesting to me. Um, How much did I spend on it? How much did I spend on shipping versus how much the base game was? That kind of stuff. Um, And then I also like to um, have data on like, how many players is this? Um, How long does it take to play? Those kinds of things, which are in the app. So I don't know. I'm I'm going to play around with it. I'm going to find some stuff and maybe I'll start logging plays. Maybe I won't. I like having it on mobile because I always have that with me no matter where I'm playing. But I like having something on my computer as well where I can use a keyboard and put in more information quickly and easily. Yeah, there is a place in the app where you can put how much you spent on the game. So there's like that type of information is in there as well. That is not by default. It doesn't ask you for it when you're adding a new game, but all of that stuff is in there. So I don't know how it reports. I haven't, I don't have enough data in here to look at all the stats to it yet, but maybe we'll do a follow up episode a year from now after tracking for a year. How did we do? And be like, yeah, we tracked for about two weeks and then stopped. Um, but we'll see, you know, who knows? Um, what are your guys' feelings on tr- apps? So board game ports that are apps, tabletop simulator, webcam plays, etc. Like are these are these the same thing as playing in person? Should I should I count them separately? Should I count them as plays? Is my location method is that fair? I like, think do I have I respect? That, it, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's based on the person that's logging. I mean, are they the same as playing in person? Well, no, but you're still playing the game. <laughs> So I would log it personally. It's yeah. I think they ca- I think your location. I think your location method is a good idea. I as long as you are happy with your system, though. Like, who else cares? BGG doesn't audit plays. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that, but the judgy community does. I tell you, this board game community, nothing but judgy. All right. So the final, very open question: What are the pros and cons? of tracking plays and tracking your games. And we're going to start with the negative. Fletcher, what are the cons of tracking <laughs> this stuff? Well, so I don't I don't really know because I haven't really tracked much of anything. I assume it's kind of time consuming and you might just end up doing it for the sake of doing it if you never look at it or anything. But I mean, I guess if you like it, then that's fine. So but it could be tedious like it, work without it. reward. Yeah. I, I mean, if you're not getting any, if you're not enjoying it then stop doing it. If you're not, if you're, the gamification of playing games isn't fun, then just like a non-fun game, stop playing it. Exactly. That's that's the wordiest way I can put that. All right, Kitty, what are your cons for tracking? Um, I think pretty similar. It's tedious. It's fiddly. You have to. Um, my problem is always choosing one system and sticking with it. Like not just having like eight different disparate systems that each have parts of parts of my data. <laughs> Yeah, Steve does mention that once you are start tracking plays and you have your common players in there, it really is quite fast to to track a game. You just find the game, and then in the upper right corner, there's a little arrow with a plus. Click plus, tap, tap, tap on the players, and you're good to go. And if you want to add scores and stuff, you can put that in there too, which becomes a little bit more tedious. But it's pretty easy to track the play. I will say that, you know, most games, it looks pretty easy but it seems to have some extra steps if you're playing a cooperative game. Things are completely different. You know, you're not tracking scores for everyone. Different kinds of games have different kinds of information you p- can put in there. So something like Maiden's Quest, which is a only solo game, which you, you know, 
it, it works differently. It, how do I log that with the same app and information that I log something like um, Sagrada, which is very competitive numbers, or, you know, something along those lines. You know, there's a lot of variability in like the information you get from each game that can make it easier or harder depending on how the app works with that kind of information. Yeah. And the app does have a lot of information, uh, a lot of ways you can set that up. So you can set it up as a co-op or a competitive. You can set it up as points and high points wins, low points wins. Um, so there's a lot of different settings that you can put in there that allow you to quickly do this, but you still have to set it up per game. It just makes it, yeah, it, it's more front-end work that makes it easier in the moment. But, you know, and once you get there, it's, it's easy, sure. But, you know, more work. All right. Well, you guys covered the same con, which I also agree with you. It can be, it's time consuming and it can be tedious. I will say that that also can be fun. Sometimes like adding that in there is, it's it's fun to track things from time to time. So I'm going to throw in a different con and this is high. It's, it's con. <laughs> different con. <laughs> it is essentially highlighting how many games I own that I have no time in this world. There's no way in the world that I would be able to play all of these games. Like, See, that's something me and Fletcher possible. didn't mention because it's not a problem we have right. since we both have yeah. manageable-sized collections. <laughs> right. If you have an unmanageable-sized collection, it can actually be a little bit guilt-inducing. Like, wow, in one way, it's like, hey, I have almost 700 gaming I boxes. I think that you accidentally came up with a pro, Chris. <laughs> this is not a con. This is a pro. This might help me keep my collection in check. That's a positive. Yeah, well, that's true. I was, well, I'm going to switch it over to the pros now, and I'll start with exactly <laughs> that. On the pro side of this, now that I can actually see what's there, it's, it's kind of like... Well, it's kind of like anything that you have an addiction to, right? Until you're able to, in some way, quantify where the, I don't want to say problem because it it doesn't, it's not really a problem, but until you can quantify what the situation is, you can't really take any action against that situation. So if I'm looking at this and I'm like, you know something, I would like to have a gaming collection of about 200 games. That seems like a very large collection. I could have all of the my most favorite games. I could have a bunch of games that friends and family of all different gaming levels can play. I do not need more than 200 games ever. This would allow me to say, okay, let's cut down on this. And when I look at a new game and say, yes, I want this in my collection, I now have the ability to say, here's what you have right now. Here's your 200 games. Which one of these games are you going to cut to bring this new game into the family? Because that's how families work. Baby board. (laughs) Someone else has to leave. (laughs) All right, you're out now. (laughs) Exactly. There's only so many bedrooms in this house, kid. (laughs) Exactly. So in that regard, I'm like, this this might not be terrible. And being able to manage this hobby that I love and I love participating in, this might be a way of participating in the hobby and still try to keep it down to something manageable that I can participate in and actually play the games that I own. And I think that's a pretty big pro. So I took that pro. Fletcher, and actually we'll end with Fletcher. So Fletcher, come up with something really good. We're going to do the the (laughs) snake pick. So Kitty, what is your pro of tracking games? What? (laughs) (laughs) It's like a fantasy football draft. Um, My pro for tracking is... (laughs) (laughs) i'm like a third grader writing an essay (laughs) repeat the prompt until you you figure out what you want to say (laughs) use it in a sentence please because you give me the origin of the word Um, you're gonna tell them tell them tell them what you told them (laughs) the pros of tracking are um I mean, you get information and you can make better choices based on the information that you have at hand. And I don't know how different that is from what we've previously said, but... um, I think that's different. Yeah, I like it. I like data. I like having it. I think it makes informed decisions. And um, what fun is having a hobby if you can't turn it into work? (laughs) Exactly. Data is fun. (laughs) 
Deal with it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Fletcher. Uh, Pro of tracking. And it doesn't have to be just for you. It could just be something that you hypothetically think might be a pro. I mean, Kitty kind of covered the maximal thing. It's like data. (laughs) Data is good. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think this can kind of tell you what games you play the most, which might be the games that you like the most or you know tolerate the most or or just bring out the most for for people like i, I don't know I, I was trying to think of a scenario that was like a little bit more specific but like if if you like game a but like game b makes it more makes it to the table more you could think to yourself like well why is that and you could look into the stats like do you think this game is just more fun or do other do you always play this game with the same person um does it and- take less time does it take you less know. time to set up? Is it easier to set up or whatever? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and that might develop your habits and your preferences and your t- and your buying habits more down the line. Um, because even if you like the big sprawling RPGs, but you, they just never make it to the table because the, your you know your friend group just doesn't play those games. You know, something. Then to you consider. know it's time to get new friends. And then, exactly. Yeah. Then you <laughs> and you have the data to prove it. <laughs> To that uh, end, Jay, I'm Jay sorry, guys. App says I've I made charts, friends. but we can't be friends anymore. Here's the data. <laughs> yeah, you can thanks, see. Sheldon. <laughs> Jay mentioned I have that that been is also <laughs> a couple I like of Jay's Sheldon comment. references this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I love Jay's comment. Con, it can be entered into evidence in my eventual divorce proceedings. That's also a pro for your wife, by the way. But um, <laughs> it can go either way there. Another one that's kind of, um, I mean, just just in general, when you have a list of the games that you own, you can provide that list to other people, right? You can say, hey, we're going to have a game night. Okay, here's the games I have. You know, let me know what you're interested in and I can, you know, bring that over as opposed to just, I mean, I, I wouldn't have anyone scan my collection because it's like going into the library and saying, which day. book are you interested in? But for for manageable collections, it's not too bad to say, yeah, these are the games I have. What are you interested in playing? That's why you have a librarian. You can be the librarian. <laughs> I You have to be a librarian. Uh, okay. All right. Anything else to add on tracking, on stats in general? You can also use Google. You can also use Google Docs for all this stuff if you uh, don't. <laughs> you can you use wanna, a spreadsheet. Yeah. If you don't want to use Board Game Geek or if you don't want to use the app. Google Docs is free for everyone, and it's shareable, and it has all kinds of cool things you can do. If it's only actually how I and Sydney had actually ever started their spreadsheets podcast, I know then we'd know how to do this. But no, they're slackers. No, they pod faded before they even started. <laughs> uh, remember when we thought we were going to pod fade? <sighs> Two hundred and forty-five episodes later, I, I wasn't there. <laughs> you weren't. Hey, we're only five episodes from a quarter of a thousand. That makes sense. Stats. <laughs> <laughs> that, that means something. <laughs> Quiet. It's a nice round 50. All right. Let's 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 get out of here. And then we're going to talk about, after the credits, our season finale. Not series finale, but season finale of our D&D game. And six seasons in a movie. <laughs> six seasons in a movie. And we'll be done. This is season one. All right. Let's, let's, let's quick get out of here. Go. Ready. Start. Tabletop Game Talk is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. <laughs> if you'd like to follow us on social media, the links for Facebook and Twitter are in our show notes. Want to watch us record live? Find a link for that in the show notes, too. Comments or questions? Email us at feedback at tabletopgametalk.com. Hosting fees and giveaways are sponsored by our patrons. If you'd like to be one of these wonderful people, you can find out how by visiting our website, tabletopgametalk.com, and clicking the Support Us link. And there's a link in the show notes, too. Finally, a huge thank you to our current patrons, Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, The Gift of Games, Sahara Wentworth, Jason Strong, John Lewis, Joe Hoover, Jeremy Fisher, Terrence Miltner, Sean Peck, Christopher Dong, Jennifer Engelbrecht, Brian Arnold, Michael Yanikowski, David Sellers, David Radke, Jason Marks, Ann Reynolds, Christopher Letko, Stephen Judd, Leanne Verholst, Joe Rackstad, Weatherman Keefe, Paul Raymer, Jimothy, Ben Gary, Matthew Joke, David Drank, Nicholas Lotz, Jerry Wong, C. Marie, Justin Willard, Jason Rodney, Sydney Loom, Eric Hoffman, Adrian Dong, Faz Lintham, Eric Salander, Glenn Cotter, John Williams, Sir Sully, Andrew Fayesh, Kamal Berth, Peter Fleming, Gary Bunker, Lightning Steve, Jim Conrad, Dan Seed, Ryan Ellett, 
Sean P. Kelly, Mike Smith, Caleb O'Brien, Don Gilstrap, Aaron Moore, Ron Nelson, Agnes Toth, Charles Pearson, Jesse Wheeler, Ronald Roy, Tony Simpkins, David Gardner, and Darren McClellan. And thank you to anyone who's ever been a patron, past, present, and future. Until next week, keep playing games and having fun. Thank you for to our future patrons. I always have to thank our future patrons. Because if I don't thank them now, I might forget later. But now everyone's covered. See how that works? <laughs> Before we talk about D&D, Steve had a great idea that I'm going to implement immediately, which is having an AI player for when I'm playing in apps. So then, because I oftentimes play against the AI. So I'm literally going to enter that as... Fletcher recaps our D&D campaign. And you remember, you have to rewind in like a moment or two so people know why you were in the situation you were in this. In. Ready, go. Uh, what did we do last? <laughs> <laughs> All right, do I need to recap? <laughs> yes, every recap. week. You people just make me sad. <laughs> I recapped the last time or two times ago, whenever it was. So let's see. We had been in a dungeon crawl when Spencer decided that we were going to exit the dungeon to insert ourselves in some underwar underworld like mob war between the Drow and Xanathar and his goons. And um Sydney aced her performance role and we got invited to play for Xanathar at a party. Um, so we went to the party. Sydney is performing when a fight breaks out in the street that Chris expected us to join, but instead we just hid. <laughs> um, <laughs> we bravely hid under a table and barred the door of the bar. We we're like, why would we join this fight? We just wanted to see what was going to happen. Um, and then there was an anti magic field, and I did not enjoy that. Um, <laughs> and I think now we work for Xanathar. <laughs> yeah, we got Zanath- we got cool new tattoos on our forehead. Uh yeah. Xanathar being a mob boss beholder that lives under a giant city known as Waterdeep. Waterdeep. Oh I yeah, think- and, and Tabby uh was taken from us. Question mark? <laughs> yeah, Tabby, who we she all like, kept forgetting she, like, existed. Left willingly. Like I don't know if we've mentioned her in a recap for a while is an NPC that we were like escorting who is like in the dungeon with us. But like Chris is terrible at remembering that NPCs exist, especially during combat. Um, I'm fully aware they exist. They hide under the table as they follow the example of their fearful leaders. This is the first time. And we didn't hide. We just didn't join. You cast an impenetrable hut. <laughs> we didn't actually go. In the I hut, did no though. such thing. Sydney went. So we we put a we put a dead body in the hut. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah. And I cleaned it, up the blood. I played. It was janitor. a weird session. <laughs> so, yeah, we. I'm not sure we're playing this game right. But <laughs> <laughs> if you are, if you if you think you're playing it right, then you definitely aren't. We're having um, fun. <laughs> yeah. No, honestly, in the past two sessions, so this this session was kind of, uh, I think, more of like a chapter end. And then we'll pick it up in a few weeks where we'll we'll start the next chapter and see where that goes. But honestly, I had zero, three weeks ago or three sessions ago, if you'd asked me where you guys would be, <laughs> uh, it wouldn't have been where you're at right now. The beginning of this session, I really had no idea what was going to happen. I had like plans. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll have this happen or that. And I'm like, no, no, no. I can't really plan on any of that because I have no idea what they're going to do. So I'm just going to see what happens. And then... Yeah, you thought we would run out and join the fight. But we're just like, uh, no. Let's uh, I was, just barricade the door and stay in I'm here. I'm not saying I thought you were going to run out and join the fight. I will say I was prepared for you to run out and join the fight. Okay, you had a lot of monsters created that we just watched die in the little scrolling window. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, I mean, had you run out and there had been nothing there, that would have been awkward. So there was definitely stuff for you to run out two um and you opened the door and saw things and then immediately closed the door and put furniture in front of it so yeah we noped out of it (laughs) there was there was all that we bravely ran away away (laughs) you bravely ran away away and honestly i had no idea that you were going to you know suddenly be working for a 
a Beholder mob boss. I mean, you, you can't plan these things. They just happen. You definitely planned that part. I did not plan that planned. part. It was not planned at all. I had absolutely no idea. Which None is whatsoever. why you had this tattoo spell ready to go? No, that I made up on the fly. Hmm. It just made sense. It made sense that that would exist, and that's why that's why it was there. You guys tell the story. I simply <laughs> present the situations, and you, you guys make... Like I said, I just roll with it. It's f- more fun for me if I have no <laughs> idea what's going to happen. <laughs> if you say so. I it's think true. that's our recap, though. <laughs> that is our recap. Yeah. All right. Next week, we are talking about D&D, and we're going to talk about... Um, structures of campaigns and the different ways that you can experience D in long form and short form. And that should be a fun episode because I have all kinds of things to say about it. And you guys know what the topic is an entire week ahead of time. So do your research. Yeah, it was a really succinct and easy to remember title for a weekly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go log some board games. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>